live. We are live. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Brian. Okay. Oh, man, this is Wealth and Wellness Wednesday. I'm so excited that you decided to join us. Today, we, I had a thought, man. Lisa shared the thought. What is the what does the Bible say about wealth and money? What does God say about wealth and money? And we're going to talk about it today. I've been receiving abundance and blessings all night long. <clears throat> all night, all night. That was my, like, my whole dreamscape last night. So we're going to talk about it back in a moment. Good morning, my name is Brian McNeil. And I am Lisa Santiago McNeil. And thank you for joining us on our show, Let's Talk About It. We come to each Monday through Friday right here on the SIBN Network, on iHeartRadio, YouTube, TuneIn, as well as Facebook Live. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Like, 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 like. Lord, 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 hey, Miss Phyllis. Like, like, like. Like, 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 make sure you comment, share, and like. So today, wonderful Wednesday. It's Wealth and Wellness Wednesday. There's a lot of wealth and wellness going on in the world. And, you know, we're still in the beginning of the year where a lot of people are, you know, gearing up to, uh, you're, you're affecting the light because you're looking down. I was busy doing tasks. I would have had time to mm-hmm. finish sharing this to my page, and now I can open it on my page because that's what we need to see. Mm-hmm. Still out there. Facebook well, gets loopy sometimes, man. Good morning, good morning, Doctor Beverly. So, what is the Bible saying about God's will for your wealth? Yeah, I had it. Oh, my I'm itching my throat, but anyway. So I'm excited because um, I told you guys the day before yesterday, Grand Rising, uh, Chef Rev, hey, um, I told you guys yesterday that I have been sleeping with uh, sleep uh, real in my mind to help me sleep through the night powerfully. And I changed it last night. It was a little bit different. Um, It was still very, very relaxing and very powerful, but this particular sleep reel was more in my awareness than the last one. The last one that I had was really in the background and I didn't, I like only heard one word or two from here to, you know, from time to time. I didn't hear uh, any, good morning, Dr. Deborah. I didn't hear any like real, I didn't really hear it. It was background. It was ambient, right? But, but your subconscious heard But it. my subconscious heard it. So the night before last, it was very uh, subconscious. It was still going. Because I made sure I listened to the whole thing before listening to it subconsciously through the night. I, you know, I skipped and skipped and skipped and checked out the whole reel to make sure that it didn't have any crazy stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did the same thing with last night. But for some reason, last night's abundance and prosperity uh, mindset was more in my consciousness. It was more in my consciousness. And so I woke up at the most fabulous time of the night, 3.33 a.m. That is one of the most remarkable times of the night for me. I like 12.34 and 3.33. And of course, 11.11 is amazing for just opening up the energy and everything. But so at 3.33, I woke up with this triple anointing, these triple blessings. It's like, oh, yes, it's wonderful. It's great. Oh, my goodness. And um, I almost couldn't get back to sleep. So I woke up and I read and I studied. I got my scriptures out. I was focusing on the word and then allowing myself to uh, drop back off into sleep. But I woke up charged, supercharged, ready to go. The scripture that was given to me was a familiar one, Matthew's um, 
17 and 20. I think that's the faith of the mustard seed scripture. And it was reinforced for me in quite a lot of things. It was reinforced for me in, um, in, uh, in what? Nothing. I can't do 17 things at one time. Yeah, I didn't know if I asked you something. I said, get rid of them. Is what I said. I know. That was the first thing I said this morning. But it blocked my, blocked my, right. I've been doing everything while you sit over there fiddling and twiddling, and it just blocked me. You just blocked my next door. I've been doing everything for four minutes, huh? Right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, good morning again. My name is Brian K. McNeil. Her name is still. Lisa Santiago McNeil, thank you for joining us on our show today. This is Welcome Wellness Wednesday for us. And, you know, we have an interesting thought. You know, what does the Bible say about wealth and money? Aren't, aren't you guys supposed to be ministers? How are you going to justify that when you do all this talk about wealth and money? You know, oh, my gosh, baby. Yesterday I was in a training. And at the end of the training, it was very, very good training. And at the end of the training, he had time for Q&A. And this one lady says, um, you know, I'm having a really difficult time selling my knowledge and information because the gospel is not for sale, is what she said. The gospel is not for sale, okay, is what she said. And she meant it, too. She meant that. And um, he's like, what do you mean the gospel is not for sale? You know, the word of God should not be sold okay. and profited off of. That was what she was saying to the, to the speaker. Mm -hmm. And uh, the speaker's like, well... Um, have you learned anything from the word of God that you believe could be helpful to the world around you and things like that? He's like, uh, well, do you do people come to you for coaching or counseling or anything? Yes, they do. You know, so he kind of showed her how she really already had chapters to a book. Yeah, like six different points that she made. Mm -hmm. um, but she had it deeply rooted within her that she's supposed to give away what the word of God gave her. Right. You know, and this comes up, but this is still a very real thing. Yeah, it comes up a lot. It comes up a lot. So the whole concept about she still had like this thing in her, even though the word of God is 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 available and she learned some things from it. She was just having difficulty justifying making money off of well, that. So here's the justification for you. Um, it's not a requirement, but it is um in order to get a uh in order to go to seminary, okay, there are fees. You pay seminary. the seminary, yeah. In order to get a doctorate in seminary, mm -hmm. there are fees. Mm -hmm. Now they're selling the same word and mm -hmm. the same interpretation, the same, well, they're different interpretations, but they're selling the presentation of that information to you in a way that you can consume it and be able to regurgitate it or be able to offer it to someone else with some degree of credentials is what it is. understanding. Yes. Mm -hmm. You're buying the credentials mm -hmm. to do that. I believe. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. But, but it reminded me about how some people still have that thought so deeply rooted, you know, I shouldn't charge people if I can help them, you know, that's, that's, that's not what the Bible says. That's actually the opposite of what the Bible says. The Bible says we're supposed to um, profit from our go our grain. What do you say? What do you say? Yeah. Do you believe that? Do you believe that people should be um, compensated for their knowledge? Yeah. Because that could be affecting how you how your business is growing or not growing. Uh, Chef Rev, I'm so happy that you're here for this topic. We talk in Wealth and Wellness Wednesday, but we also talk about what does the Bible say about wealth and about money? We want to talk about it. So those people who still have it within their soul, I believe it was in this woman's soul yesterday. It was in her soul that the gospel shouldn't be sold. The gospel shouldn't be profit. You know, she had that taught to her at some point and she believed it. So now she was in a quandary because she wants to be in business, but... She didn't want to be out of order. <laughs> Ooh. As bottom line, some people are lazy. See, now. Expound on that. Though. That's different take than where I thought you would go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Expound on that. For what me. do you mean in this instance? What do you mean? Why is that? Uh, and Dr. Beverly, you, I'm sure you have a great take on this as well. For those people who still have that, that the gospel should be so almost vow of poverty, almost, you know, that, you know, I'm going to just give and give and give and give and serve and serve and serve and serve. You have a wonderful real life example of that uh, in a dream that came to you. If I keep doing it this way, there's going to be a store closed sign or something like that. And somebody that would have been helped won't be. Yeah. An eviction notice. An eviction um, notice. Yes. Is what it came to. The yellow tape was across the door. And um, that happened. Yes. Now, if you don't profit from what you have, that person, that next person that you could have served, if you don't, you're supposed to make money with your thing and you're supposed to make good money with your thing. Because if you don't, the person that would have been blessed, would have been blessed by what you have next week, next year, they won't be able to. The sustainability is so it, it if that's not important, then that's not important. It's important to me that there is sustainability in some of the things that I do, um, in some of the things that we do. We've now, with and, uh, and, and not just sustainability, you know, profiting well, wonderfully well. But go ahead. Uh, Dr. Dr. Beverly says, let's start with the basics. The Bible has a price on it. The number one stolen book in the world, <laughs> and it has the most valuable information. Think about that one. Yes, think about that. Why is the Bible the number one most stolen book in the world? I never thought about the concept of people stealing Bibles. They're readily available <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> but people steal them. People steal Bibles from church. <laughs> They'll go to church and read the Bible that's on the back of the pew in front of them and can take it home with them. Lord, I need it with me. That's, they didn't get permission for that. <laughs> no. Nope. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's the basics there. You know, um, I, I uh, want to start with uh, Deuteronomy 8 and 18. It's a very, very familiar scripture to most people. Um. And, it's, and again, it's on topic. It's on topic. What does the Bible say about wealth and wellness? Um, and it says, and this is, uh, I'm going through a Bible app. And this says, uh, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is in this day. Dr. Dunst, Dr. Deborah says, um, I definitely believe that people should be compensated for their knowledge and even for their strategies for using the knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. From Arizona. Arizona. Lisa. Uh, good morning. Lisa was up at 3.30 a.m. as well. Did not go back to sleep. Lady J is tired. I will be there. I may be a little quiet unless you guys say something to get me started. <laughs> Three so I always say that three o'clock to five o'clock is like God's um, conference call time. That's when He's making the conference calls. But three thirty-three specifically, those triple numbers in that portal is beautiful to me. Um, George Allen says the universe is always at work. What you put in is what you get out. This conversation is so deep. I can really take you down the rabbit hole with this one. Amen. Well, let's go. Let's go. I cannot get this thing to share to my page. I don't know what you're talking about. Today's broadcast. I can't get it to share. Mm -mm. Okay, let me share it for you. No, you don't have to. I mean, if you can't, if I can't get it to share to my page, I don't know why. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't profess to say why. I've been struggling, struggling with it today. <laughs> oh, you know, and and. And, and I want to go back to not just the concept of selling your services and your knowledge. I want to get to the thought, and I'm so happy that we have the people in the room that we have in the room right now, of wealth because of what you have. Wealth. You know, significant money. You know, the kind of money, oh man, it tripped them out last night. The first time I said the word money, they had to stop the show almost. And they couldn't wait for me to say the word again. <laughs> I had a good time presenting last night. Last night I had an opportunity to speak to um, the Barbara H. Smith's uh, group. She has a show called The Barbara H. Smith Show. 
She's an international motivational speaker. She speaks in Africa, all over Africa and the United States. And she has a show that she does, but she has subject matter experts on. And I was her one of her guests last night. There was two. And uh, I was the second one. And I put it down last night, y'all. And I rocked with them things last night. And uh, they really, really got a lot out of it. Her audience got a lot out of it. I was jacked when I was done because I had poured what I had. You know, I had poured what I had. What you got? Nothing. Okay. So what is... um. The universe, okay. yeah, yeah, we always at work, you know. But I'm still curious are you saying that people are lazy to get over themselves when it comes to selling their stuff? Um, Mr. George Allen, Chef Rev, what are you saying there? Because I do believe you're right, you know, and I hate to say that too that people are lazy, you know, I don't want to say that, but I do think there's a degree of that. I just don't want to say it, why? Because I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like what that that, that people lazy. get lazy and just accept it's whatever's whatever you know i'm not going to push i'm not going to work any extra hard to change my circumstance i'm not going to try to lift myself up i'm not gonna and i do understand sometimes it gets beaten out of that person but there's a degree of uh, i'm just not gonna bother apathy is the right word mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i get that so what else does the Bible say about wealth? Okay. Well, there's Proverbs 10 and 4. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Okay, this goes back to um, Chef Rev. <coughs> laziness concept. The slack hand, mm-hmm. the lazy person, that causes poverty. But the hands of the diligent, the one that will work, <laughs> that will continue to work, Makes rich. Yeah, again, it's reinforced with um, 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. Like, he didn't say what you got. Oh, okay, now here's your blessing. Mm -hmm. He said, here, take what you got, work for it by gathering all these things, work for it by selling it, and then you can pay all your debts and live off the rest. He gave her a task. Note, um, I hope this don't throw my wife off or the show off at all. Um, but he didn't say go get a job at the store. You know, he told her to go get vessels. You know, um, the other study I did the day before yesterday with the rich dad, poor dad guy, and he was talking about people that work really, really hard at a job. Still, even though they're working hard, they don't get rich. You know, you got to work hard at what God has given you to work hard at. Because I believe he gives each one of us a unique set of gift skills and talents. Every least a set of gift skills and talents are not mine, and mine are not hers or yours, and yours are not mine or hers. You know, we all have our own unique set of gift skills and talents. And I believe that God wants us to use our set of gift skills and talents to prosper and to bless the world. Um, to help the people that we're here to help, because I do believe we're all are here to help somebody. We're here specifically to help a person or persons in an area and we're supposed to that's what that's my ministry my personal ministry you know so you know that's where i'm gonna go with that i hope that i'm throwing anybody off or mess up anybody's walk with the thought because i'm not saying that um i don't think i was giving enough honor to people that work hard at a job they can work hard at a job i don't think that there's anything i think that if your job is uh, equates with your skill or your gift. I okay. think that um, as long as you are doing it with honor, then I don't have a problem with it. Um, Dr. Beverly says, I honestly think we have been conditioned, like you said, Brian, to go get a job. And it's so much easier to build someone else's dream than to step out and build your own. Just like you said yesterday, once we wash our brains of being brainwashed, life will change. Amen. Wash our brains. Lisa, I agree. 333 is special. As for being paid for ministry and any service one provides, I remember Jesus had a treasurer. Every time my children said something wise, I would give them money, whatever I had on me. <laughs> <laughs> I started this when they were children. Wow. Sometimes it was a quarter, sometimes it was a dollar or more. I remember when we were um young, I remember being a young child. I remember that that was a blessing from the elders. Like every elder 
even though even and, and I don't like the word bums because I know we don't use that word anymore. I never liked that word. But I mean, even the ones that were of lower esteem, if the children came around and said or did something cool or nice, important, they would be reaching for a quarter. Let me get a quarter for that baby. Let me get a nickel for that baby. <laughs> I, I this is gonna be crazy, but I've never heard of anybody doing that before. What you what sister Jacqueline said and what you just said. You say something's wise or smart, I'm going to bless you with some money. The, remember the song? Uh, I never even heard of that. It wasn't my reality. I can keep on keeping on. Uh, Carlton Pearson. Carlton Pearson. I think that oh, was um, I know the Lord will make a way. Yes. Okay. So you remember the preamble to that. Yes. When he talks about the old lady who said, who, who always gave him a piece of money. Yeah. That actually happened in my church all the time. They give you a little piece of they money. They give you a piece of money. If you said wow. your um, scripture right. If you if you said your um if you gave your your Easter um speech or whatever that was, they would give us a piece of money. And it wouldn't be no big piece, but it was like it was more than you had before they gave right, you. Right, exactly. Um George said the Roman Catholic Church is all about money, hence, no matter what you declare your Protestant religion to be, it's always been about the money. On the other hand, what is prosperity? Yes, that's a, a lot of people too. measure their wealth by material gain. Yes, what is prosperity? You know, there's so much. I love the question, and I love your contribution today to the, on the broadcast, sir. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. But what is prosperity? You know, the story is told about um, this American man who um, has an uncle that lives in the islands, on a small island, okay? And um, this American man, he goes and visits uncle throughout his life growing up. And then he gets old enough and he goes to college and he gets a business degree. Okay. He gets a business degree from college and he goes and visits his uncle. Now his uncle does the same thing pretty much all the time. His uncle gets up in the morning and goes out fishing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he catches whatever fish he's going to catch, comes back into the market mm -hmm. and sells the fish to the market hangs out in the courtyard with his friends. In the afternoon, his uncle comes home, makes love to his wife, and then he kind of goes back out to the courts and hang out with his friends again. Right. That's what he's doing every day, okay? Mm -hmm. And one day he was watching his uncle, and his uncle came in particularly early, and um, he said, what's going on? He goes, well, the fishing was pretty good today. I caught what I wanted to catch for today, so I'm done. He goes, man, if the fishing was good, you should have stayed out there because you could have caught more fish and got more money. You Why know, don't I do that. He's like, well, what do I need that for? He says, man, if you catch as much fish as you can, here's what you can do. I mean, they can't they can't take all the fish I can possibly catch. Yes, but if you catch all the fish you can, then you can sell all the fish you can. You can store some fish in ice. You can actually sell some fish to different markets, and you can make a whole lot more money that way. Because his uncle says, okay, now if I do everything you suggest, then what will happen to my life? He says, well, then you can get a chance to relax and not have to work so hard. You can hang out. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. So what is prosperity? <laughs> he already had his prosperity. Exactly. He lived his life the way he wanted to already. He exactly. had his prosperity. Dr. Deborah, she said, exactly. Jesus had a treasurer. If he was broke, what was that money bag? What was in that money bag? <laughs> Living in poverty does not make us pious. Does mm. not make us more pious. I think sometimes that is the that that is the thought. I think that was ingrained upon that was part of the brainwashing that went on. I want that um, unwashed. Yeah, that was part of the brainwashing that went on because everybody that had any wealth that we had any images of was not a particularly positive person. Right. In our his in our um in the history of those that were born in the 60s. 60s and 70s. Much less the people born in the 40s. We watched a documentary called about Quincy Jones. He said by the time he was 11, he really wanted to be one of those street hustlers because they were the only ones he saw with any measure of money or any measure of freedom. Okay, No one else had any money or no freedoms at all, but they did. And so that was how he defined wealth at that time because there were no other examples of it. Um and that's important. It's important to understand that what we see is sometimes what we emulate, which is why this project that God gave me that is reinforcing. I'm so excited about your project. Is, is really, I've, I've already gotten so many people that want to be participating in it, but the, the anthology 
of the faith of a mustard seed because your mustard seed wealth might be different than someone else's. Let's talk about that for a second. She's she's um collecting stories and authors for her anthology book, collection book of authors. And the title of the book is Faith of a Mustard Seed. And each author is going to get to contribute a chapter. Mm -hmm. And share their testimony where their faith made room for them, where their faith was enough to get them through, was the, where their faith was what they relied on, and it bloomed and blossomed into some greatness. And Lisa has some very specific numbers. She has numbers on how many men she wanted this and how many women she wanted this. She's riding this numbers thing, the 333, the number of men, the number of women. We talked about it last night. Um, my gosh. You know, so I know this is going to be a blessed. Every author that gets to participate in this anthology, first off, they're another published author. Now they're a published author of a successful anthology. That's going to be an Amazon bestseller because Lisa knows how to make Amazon bestsellers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you'll be an Amazon bestselling author for one thing. You use this book for your credibility's sake. You use this book to do whatever you want to do with it. But you'll be a part of something amazing. It's called Faith of a Mustard Seed. Okay, it's on her wall. My wife talked to me about it last night, and now I want it to happen too. I really want it to happen. But it is going to take the right collection of authors. Yeah, it's not an op it's not just an open invitation. There is some there's a selection process. And I am excited that God has put the right people to help me to assemble the right people to bring about the right testimonies. Dr. Deborah, thank you for the contribution last night. She reminded me that I that I have relied upon this one scripture as it relates to telling your stories for quite some time. And it, it's just not something that I have, um, I think I don't have, I don't think I have declared it in, in writing, but I'm grateful to be able to declare it in writing. Romans 12 and 11, you're overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of your testimony. Imagine now your testimony will be a part of helping someone else to see what they're going through and see what the end could be. Hold on and see what the end could be. The possibility of greatness is in all of us. And the only thing that keeps us from acquiring that, the only one that keeps us from, uh, from obtaining that is the belief that we can or can't. I want to go back to Dr. Deborah, Dr. Um, Beverly. She says, yes, that time 333 is special. I had two that was born at 333. In the Are morning. you kidding me? Both were born on the 14th. What was going on? <laughs> what was going on? Valentine's Day. That Valentine's party. Day? <laughs> and the other one was born on March the 14th. And then to be waking up by a whisper at 3.33 in the morning so you can have some download time about a dream that is power. I'm telling you, it was powerful. It was so powerful. Um, George Allen, he says, our society teaches us to be in contract, constant mm -hmm. debt. Then you spend your life trying to get out of it. I know yes. that is that is part yes. of the brainwashing process. Why do they let credit card companies on college campuses? Why do they bring insurance agencies, banks, and credit card companies Onto U.S. Army bases and basic training. college campuses everywhere. Yeah, that's the first one I said. College campuses—they're right there. Yeah. Okay, throwing it at you. Yeah. Okay, because you're young, you're dumb. It's easy. If you get started with that debt, then you're going to stay in that debt for, for cycle. You'll cycle that. You'll cycle that. Um, people will work harder on their jobs than they will on themselves. Ooh. To quote Shakespeare, this is Brother Mark Greer, to quote Shakespeare, we know what we, we are. are, but not what we may be. Amen. People need to embrace that they are more than just an employee. They are talented, competent, and true destiny makers. Granted, everyone is different. Everyone has their own path and everyone has their own dreams. However, our destinies are in our hands. That's right. Um, Jacqueline says, when is it due, Lisa? I really want to contribute a story. Amen. My mother's story is an, is, uh, an orphan to earning four degrees. Wow. I must share. Amen. Wow. What Amen. a story that would be. From Amen. an orphan to earning four degrees? Because orphan, you're not set up to get to four degrees. You know, you don't have mom and dad's structure and support. Wow. Amen. Dr. Deborah says, Lisa, that project is going to be so powerful. Um, George Allen says, people are surprised that I have never taken a salary from my church. Why? 
I get off my ble- I get off my blessed assurance and create jobs <laughs> to have the things that I want. Wow. Amen. That's amazing. But I'm surprised too that you never took a salary from your church because the church is supposed to support the minister, the, yeah. the head of the house. The church is supposed to, right? You know. <laughs> One of the great pastors of my life, Pastor Paul L. Anderson, I still love him dearly, but he he um he took a salary from the church, but he he didn't take an exorbitant salary. He always he always made sure they get a salary that's not much higher than the average member of his church, and he didn't want to drive a vehicle that an average member of his church could drive. Okay, he could he or couldn't drive. Could. Okay. He didn't want to drive. He did want to drive a vehicle or didn't? He did. He wanted to drive vehicles that members of his church could drive. Yes. He did not want to drive vehicles that average members of his church yeah. could drive. Like he's not going to drive a Bentley and his church got a parking lot full of people and four Tauruses. Okay. That was incongruent to him. And, he, and he's not going to take a salary of 200 grand. Okay. Yeah. If the average members of his church not making 200 grand. So, but that was his model. I got close enough for him to talk to me about these kinds of things. Yeah, I think um, I think that there, at least as, as long as I can remember, I have been under a tent maker ministry. So that it had always been that the pastor had a separate job mm-hmm. and business uh, aside from the church, um, because well, because they because they needed to because the the church wasn't enough to sustain him and because him or her didn't want the church always trying to calculate how much the first lady's dress is. Yeah. That's her business. That's right. Cause she, now he had a, he had a job and so was his wife too. But um, I think it's appropriate though that the church support the minister. I think it is. Okay. Pastor Webb, another significant pastor in my life. He always has kept his job. Okay. He never not worked. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't I don't um I don't think I think that it's I think it's a matter of opinion. I definitely appreciate not having to uh work a job and to work a business or rather have having not to take a salary. I do believe that um giving offerings to the church and even to the pastor is a part of the opportunity to be reciprocal in your blessings. We have I appreciate that. We have some friends here. And, and close friends, Bishop, one, he maintained businesses while becoming, while still being a pastor. He fostered businesses. Okay. And his businesses actually, he actually provided businesses that kept other people making money too. Mm-hmm. He employed folks. And he also had, uh, I don't know what you call those, shade tree mechanics and <laughs> uh, helping hands to do projects and build stuff. And he kept it going like that. And I honored the way he does his thing too. Okay. Yep. You got. Look at me. What is up? You been crying on the show? Uh, I guess. <laughs> anyway, this is an interesting topic to me. I'm so happy from the contributions we got. The Bible says uh, great things about wealth. You know, uh, my one of my heroes, Zig Ziglar. He does this little bit. <clears throat> I'm gonna try to do it in Zig Ziglar style. He goes. People talk about cold, hard cash. It is not cold. And it's not hard. It's warm. It is beautifully colored. Never once has my redhead wife said, what you're wearing doesn't, what you're carrying doesn't go with what I'm wearing. (laughs) Boy, Melissa, how you doing? Yes, yes. And he says, uh, when people challenge him, like, how do you justify being a Christian man with all this talk about money? And he says to them, I believe that God made the diamonds for his crowd, not Satan's bunch. And he says, and the Bible is littered with millionaires, littered with them. I tried to make a list one time before of how many millionaires in the Bible I could name. I think you were helping me with it, you know. David, Abraham, Solomon, Job. We had a we had a bunch of different millionaires that we knew of in the Bible. There's some millionaires in the Bible, y'all. <laughs> Good morning, Miss Melissa Price. How you doing? Jacqueline says, 
orphan and her grandmother was an orphan and, and or her mother, I think she said, was an orphan and her only child. She homeschooled her 16 grandchildren. Wow. Her story could be a movie. And she homeschooled 16 grandchildren. That's that's two wows, okay? First wow from orphan to four degrees. Come on. What kind of dedication does it take to do that? Okay. To get a high school diploma as an orphan is a challenge. Okay. But she got four of them. Okay, and then homeschooling 16 grands, amazing. Amazing, amazing, <laughs> amazing. I think this anthology is going to be a great opportunity. Um, Jacqueline, definitely you'll be receiving notifications because we'll have an interest uh, webinar first. We're going to find out who's interested in it, who is being selected. That's the thing, too. Um, some people will be interested, maybe, and not be able to go the full route. Mm -hmm. You know, they won't be able to last till the end. We want those interested, yes, but the ones that are able to endure until completion. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, books go through phases. Yeah, mental. <laughs> now, George says millionaires in the Bible. What the world? I don't know if you're saying that sarcastically or emphatically. He's sarcastic, I'm sure. Because <laughs> I happen to know that he knows the Bible. <laughs> um. Dr. Deborah says, I feel that pastors should get paid for the work that they do as long as it is not exorbitant and it is affordable for the church. I consider them to be like an executive director. Yeah, yeah. that that's one of the challenges that, that I go back and forth with because the thing is, um, if a pastor is dedicated to handling all of the things in their ministry and they're responsible for all of those things and they're responsible for a high pressure job or business, then there could be sometimes that there's conflicts with that, with but, that time, effort, and energy. And by keeping the balance is really important. But you made a comment earlier. You don't want the church focusing on yeah. how much the first lady's dress costs. Yeah, no, I don't want the church um, calculating what I have, what I'm doing, whatever. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want the church calculating what I'm driving. I don't want them identifying where I'm living. I don't want them to decide those things for me. I would not be excessive as, um, but my excess might be, my modesty might be someone else's excess. And that's going to be a. It's a tough job to be a pastor. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, do you want that for your life? Being a pastor is a tough job. It is. Mm -mm -mm. But I honestly believe that there is some autonomy when you don't have to qualify what you make with what people are paying. Ooh. Uh, pastor um, uh, George Allen says, I told someone the other day, no one in the Bible ever retired. Mm -hmm. They worked and they died. Even the whole concept of retirement is an American concept. Okay. It's an American concept that came about actually around the turn of the century, around the 1900s, when we transferred from an agricultural country to uh, an industrial age, you know, from farming to factories. And then the concept became of, well, you're going to retire at some point. And that was part of the hook to keep you working in a factory. That if you work here for this long a time, when you reach a certain age, we'll be you'll have enough money in your pension to live off the rest of your days. You can retire from your labors. And that's a that's a man-made invention. <laughs> Dr. Beverly says the pastor's wives got a hard job as well. I could say amen. Yeah. They really do. They do because they're <laughs> they're looked at under such a microscope. Constantly scrutinized, looked yes. at for leadership. And they gotta support and they gotta smile when they don't want to and they gotta look at women doing stuff openly, overtly disrespectful to them and their husband. <laughs> that's that's not true. wealth. We're talking about wealth okay. today. <laughs> I'm commenting on how difficult the job of a pastor and a pastor's wife can it be. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. It can be. <laughs> I remember uh, back to Pastor Anderson and his wife, Tina. She's a beautiful lady, beautiful singer. And uh, she it was his birthday or something. And we had like a, a celebration, a small gathering. And she gave out some gifts and all her, out of a little bag. And all of her gifts were like, like kind of like had a little point to them. 
And one of her gifts was um, a bottle of like uh, Windex or a cleaner. Okay. And she goes, uh, look, a small bottle of it. And she goes, and this right here is a cleaner. And what you do with this here is you spray this on your wedding band and you shine that bad boy up real good and keep that wedding band really shine. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. It sounded like there was more to it. It was, uh, but she had a few different things like that. Uh, but she was in a way kind of like letting the church know she know. <laughs> yeah, not super by a long shot. Uh-uh. Yep, I gotta shine this thing up. Maybe they didn't see it. <laughs> Jacqueline said, I pay or reward a chef feeding my body, and I pay, I pray, no one is offended. Call it what you want. I give my money, Brian's my money, Brian style, <laughs> to a man or woman of God who, who feeds, feeds my, my spirit. spirit. Yeah, I think that's appropriate, my sister. I do. Dr. Beverly says, I could tell you, I mean, yeah, I could tell you what else is well. It is well. It is having a great empowerment duo family like this one. <laughs> this is wealth to her. Yeah. Because, okay, if she didn't have something that was feeding her spirit or some place that she went to and felt fed, okay, then she would be going without that. Okay. So this is part of her wealth. And I appreciate you for that, Dr. Beverly. You are part of our wealth, too. I'm telling you, Lisa and I appreciate you guys so much. Hey, Felicia. Good morning, Miss Felicia. Good How morning. you doing? Wealth and Wellness yeah. Wednesday. What does the Bible say? What say you about wealth and wellness? This show is about personal conversations. Business information. And spiritual, spiritual inspiration. inspiration. The spiritual inspiration is just as important as anything else we do. We need to allow time for spiritual inspiration. Felicia been working. They've been chaining her to the desk. Felicia was working all day long and she out working now already. I'm telling you, mm. get it in. Do it so we can do it. Do, do it, it so, so we can, can do, do it. it. Mm. Amen. Amen. Work Amen. hard on the things that you don't want to do so that you can do the things that you want to do and others can't. <laughs> I'm looking forward to today. I am so excited because this evening, tonight at 7 p.m., I am giving a, a virtual sales uh, block. Lisa and I was talking about how to administer it, and she has convinced me, and I always do whatever Lisa says all the time, okay? But she has convinced me that my presentations are better when I don't rely on a PowerPoint presentation, just a slide, just me talking. So I'm going to do it that way tonight. I'll still have my notes and everything, but tonight is... The one big secret of selling yourself and your services. The number one secret. I'm telling, and you know what, baby? This is something that I have I've known for a while, but I didn't realize that other people had no idea about this secret until it just kept coming up. They don't understand this one point that I'm going to talk about tonight. It's called the one big secret to selling yourself and your services. They didn't get it, and and it goes back to. Uh, and you guys on here, because you're not kids, will be able to appreciate it. There's a difference between taking a class and how to do a topic, okay? Taking a class on it. And let's say you took that class, that class is six weeks, six months, whatever it is, and you graduate from that class, and you got good grades in that class. You might have graduated really, really good in that class. You got that six months of training. Now, that person that's been doing it for six, 10, 12, 14 years and take the same class as you. Mm. Not, they not only got the class, but they have depth. They have depth and they have experience that they can pull on that you don't. You don't have that. You have surface stuff. You don't have any of the depth. Amen. Uh, George, I appreciate this. He says, I want my wife to live, drive, and wear whatever she wants because the church can't say they purchased it. Yeah. My job as a pastor is to empower the people for the glory and Thank kingdom of God to see the most high in themselves. I Amen. really, really appreciate that thought right there. Your Amen. job is to uh, empower the people, to create an environment where the people can be successful, you know, through the church, through your helps. You know, I love that. I don't want the church. I want my wife to drive and wear whatever she wants to. Okay. Not because of this. Okay. I love that thought. Thank you. 
Sister Jacqueline says, uh, Lisa did some research to make your cheetah cards. Oh. I'm so excited. <laughs> this is another way I pay or give someone who is blessing me. Amen. I tell you. With you. Yes, I think that's exciting. I'm exciting. Yes. I'm excited. I actually have some uh, some cheetah vinyl that I was going to uh, create vinyl. with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dr. Jacqueline, I mean, Sister Jacqueline, Dr. Deborah, when I first got with Lisa. Okay, I was living in Greensboro, North Carolina. She was in Charlotte, which is about an hour and 15 minutes away. Wasn't that crazy a drive? But an hour and 15 minutes apart, okay? You came every weekend. Oh, That's not where I was going with my story, okay? <laughs> but uh, I was often spending the night, okay? And I remember distinctly one night in particular where I'm sitting in a chair beside her dad, looking around. <laughs> I'm like, this woman really likes cheetah print. <laughs> Because she had cheetah print bed set, sheets and pillowcases, Curtain. curtains. She had cheetah print on the side desk uh, end tables. She had cheetah print towels. She had cheetah print on some other stuff over there. And as I sat and looked around, this woman really likes cheetah print. <laughs> that was one of the questions that they asked. At um, yeah, we, we did a talk show together. Uh, Dr. Deborah says, even if I was a so even if I was a pastor, I would always have a job. Amen. Or a way to earn your own money. Yeah, it's called tent making. Um, mm -hmm. So we were asked, sort of like the newlywed game or whatever, like, what's your wife's favorite? <laughs> what's your husband's this or whatever? Lisa and, and I, we, did we win? We did great yeah, in that game. It was with two other couples. And one of the couple questions was, what is your wife's favorite color? And he says, the other guy says something like, I don't know. It was a color. It was like teal. Blah, blah, I said cheetah print. Cheetah, like that's a color. <laughs> and that's it was the right answer because that's what she right had wrote down or whatever. That's what it was. <laughs> Yay! Yes, <laughs> they blew them away. It wasn't even a question. <laughs> My mind. Her favorite color is cheetah print. Yep. 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 Mm. Yep. And um. Actually, so they caught me with that one because they asked me that question about you. And you were working with a new brandologist yeah. or something. Mm -hmm. And so you had a lot of blues in your stuff. But I always go back to it's my... green. Yeah, hunter green and gold. Green Those and are gold. my colors. Amen. That's Amen. my... Um, I tried to get away from it to change my game up for a little bit, but I, it just didn't feel right. Green and gold are my colors. Business cards, all my branding is green and gold. That print must be a Capricorn thing because my wife is the same way. Really? It's funny. <laughs> go down, go down. Your wife can't be like that, yeah, man. Really? <laughs> my, one of my mentors, uh, Dr. P Peacock, her favorite um, color is uh, cheetah. <laughs> it's, it's 946, and you guys have been so much fun. And I knew you would be. I knew you would be today. Um, we want to bless you guys. We want to have fun with you guys at the end of the broadcast. We're going to do our greeting songs and our greeting logos. Uh, uh, Sister Jacqueline says, yes, I love it. Cheetah is a color with an exclamation point. Lisa, do you have a favorite solid color? Not really. Yellow or gold? Yeah, I like those colors. I do like yellow or gold. I like uh, um, uh, magenta with a cheetah. Like, I like pink with cheetah. Yes, and I does. didn't really like pink all my life. But I, you've got so many good pictures in yellow and gold, yes. uh, even covers of one of your books, um, Permission to be Amazing Granted. Mm -hmm. You're wearing a yellow top. But Lisa does rock the magenta and cheetah as well. But let's go to the top, baby. It's 947. Okay. Now, what we're about to do, if this is your first time on here, what we're about to do is we like to thank our consistent contributors, and we like to thank people who've been rocking with the show for a long time with greeting songs and greeting logos. Up first is Miss Phyllis. She has a greeting logo, and it goes, Miss Phyllis is here. Miss Phyllis is here. So clear the way. Miss Phyllis is here. Now we can all have a great day. Good morning, Miss Phyllis. Dr. Beverly uh, has a logo as well. Hers goes, Dr. Beverly. Is on the show. Good morning, Dr. Beverly. How you doing? Mr. George Allen, a.k.a. Chef Rev. He has a, a, a greeting song, and it goes, <clears throat> Why must I eat like that? Why not hire Chef Rev? It's the good food and me. Dr. Deborah Dunstan has a song as well. Dr. Deborah. 
nonprofit strategist and funding coach. Mm. Mm. Good morning, Dr. Deborah. Scroll, please. Scroll, please. Okay. All right. Um, Sister Jacqueline. Jacqueline, she has both, uh, according to Jacqueline, as like a logo, <laughs> and she also has a song. Jacqueline Rosie, pretty little girl I adore. You're the only one my heart beats for. I'm so glad that you are mine. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Um, scroll, baby. Chef Reb. We did a song just now. You just? Yes, I did. Go, baby, go. I don't remember that song. Dr. Beverly did that. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Beverly, uh, did we do Dr. Beverly? Yes, yes we, did. Okay. we did that. Scroll, scroll, scroll. We did that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm distracted. You can't do it. Mark Greer. I'm Mark trying Greer to hang it up. Mark Greer has a jam as well. And it goes on. <clears throat> so wide you can't get around it. So low you can't get under it. So high you can't get over it. Mark Greer is under a groove. He's getting down just for the funk of it. Mark Greer is under a groove. Nothing can stop us now. Let me a tissue, please. We did Dr. Deborah. Yes. Uh, Jacqueline Rosie, yeah, we did her. Miss Felicia Gardner has a song. Felicia, we love you. You're the one, the one for me. You know, last night I told someone about our show and I said, look, we get a little bit nutty. We sing songs and logos to our guests that have been contributing. And it was like, oh, look at Britney's here. It was like, what? That sounds crazy. I was like, yeah, yeah, we do it. And they thought it was great, though. Miss Brittany Thomas, we miss you. It's Brittany. It's Brittany. It's Brittany. <laughs> Brittany Thomas. It's Brittany. It's Brittany. It's Brittany. 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 It's your time. It's your time. Yeah. I had Brittany on my mind. This morning, and I am grateful. Brittany says, Good morning, great people. I pray all is well. We pray all is well with you as well. Did you see Brittany's video when she was in physical therapy with the balls, yeah. the heavy balls, and all that? What? Go, Brittany. First off, she is doing it. She looks she's like, putting in the work. She looked like she was enjoying it for one. Mm -hmm. Um, because she didn't begrudge the work. It looked like she was enjoying the work and she was pretty and styling <laughs> as she was doing it. <laughs> um, Dr. Beverly, thank you. Thank you. She said if y'all can get, get on a little move a little earlier in the morning and jump on with Cortez, he was delivering some. Diamonds this morning. Cortez Amen. always delivers diamonds. Um, Cortez Hustle Show starts at 8 a.m. right here on the same channel. Um, we do encourage you to check out his show. He provides amazing content, and he has wonderful guests as well. It's the Cortez Hustle Show right here on the Empowerment Duo page at 8 a.m. Monday through Friday. He's been doing it now over a year. Mm -hmm. You know, you're very welcome, Brittany, and we appreciate all of you. Um, Chef Rev, Chef Rev says I find myself singing. Mark Greer song. And you would, because <laughs> Mark Greer's song is the jam. <laughs> says she loves it. That's her favorite one as well. Melissa and, Price likes that song too. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So I'm glad that you guys took time to hang out with us this morning. We'll see you tomorrow on Thankful Thursday. Bring your gratitude. Let's let's examine gratitude tomorrow. And until then, don't forget to have sex. Yes. Yeah.